This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. This is Steve Jaco. I'm here with Craig Forsyth, and welcome back to Fly Perbly. And we're here today. It, this is not going to be a very hockey-focused podcast to start because the world is much bigger than the sport of hockey right now. It's much bigger than sports. There are are protests uh, against the police going on in the starting in the United States now all around the world uh, due to the death of George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man who died after a white police officer knelt on his neck for almost nine minutes and while well, Floyd was handcuffed on the street. And, you know, people have just had enough. People have reached the point where they just can't take any more police brutality and, and these issues. And the protests have been stunning. They have been intense. And I, I, I've been having trouble finding a way to, to really talk about this all week. And it's, it, it really is something else, man. It, it, Craig, how are yeah. you doing with everything? How are you feeling? Well, yeah, I was going to say it. Um, I, we couldn't really start the, the episode about hockey this week. Uh, I don't think I didn't want to, and I, I don't think you did either. Um, we didn't even do fly probably under quarantine. Like yeah, we couldn't do, do it because it. it's, we, we just couldn't do it. We couldn't do a podcast just talking about hockey it would have been so yeah. insanely tone deaf we just we considered it for like two seconds and said no yep. we can't do this yeah and then uh we we did throw it around i will say i did throw out a couple ideas to steve and then it just it it's just too much is going on and it it would have felt very wrong if we had put out something like the 10 best flyers since 2000 or the best captains ever or whatever if we had done any of those at this point in time, with everything that's going on, and not have any kind of discussion about um, what's going on in America right now, there's a few major historical things happening right now. Um, but I think the first, the first one that we're going to talk about and deserves to be talked about um, was the was the murder of George Floyd. And um, I, yeah, I, I really, again, I don't know what to say. I, I just upsetting and uh it's a thing that just keeps happening over and over and over again um and it's a thing that i think it feels like right now and by the way this is going to be all over the place because of who we are and you know how fly fly purpley goes and then also what we're trying to talk about here so this might be a little all over the place but um and on top of that we've got thunder in the background yeah i'm and worried about losing power but that's uh, i've also got mysterious booms going on throughout the city of philadelphia it just happens at random times of the day and nobody knows what yeah. they are so it's it's good yeah uh so i i think my thing is i i feel like the dialogue that's going on now it feels like it's going to lead to some sort of change i don't know what um but i feel like 
it feels like there was sincere outrage uh, by almost everybody over how uh, George Floyd lost his life. And it's pathetic how he lost his life. And there's no way we should have gotten to that point. And if you just look at the incident by itself, remove any previous biases or anything, and you just look at the situation of a guy who was pretty much involved in that situation because they thought he was using a counterfeit dollar or like $20 bill or whatever. I forget what it was, but was using counterfeit money, which I believe was not the case. Uh, but then was forcibly taken to the ground and choked to death. Uh, and they over counterfeit money. It's just, well, it, uh, yeah, I mean, this accused, is what, yeah, it's just the, but the, this is the not thing, something that somebody should have to die over. It, counterfeit money. It's just it's so upsetting. Yeah. And my thing is, um, it's a thing where these situations keep happening. George Floyd is not the first black person in America, or even anybody in general, but mainly black people in America that has just not done... He didn't do anything wrong. Um, and then he was just taken outside of the store and suffocated to death. Uh, and I and the think... big thing is, even if he did do something wrong, that is not the role of the police to to play judge, jury, and executioner. It is not their job to do that, and they should not be doing procedures. They should not be kneeling on people in a position where they can't breathe, and then not listening to those people when they say they can't breathe. It's just, it's absurd. It is not how they should act, and it's it's obvious to almost everybody, and it's... Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna try and go on like a little bit of a. I'm gonna try and just growl off some thoughts. I, I was gonna say the because um, I had something going there. All right, fuck. Pretty much just. I mean, uh, like I, I, I guess I get the anger. I, I get I get where it's coming from. I haven't seen it firsthand. I, I don't really. I can't relate to it uh, because I am a white guy and I'm not looked at the same way, or at least I don't believe I'm looked at the same way as a, a black person as looked at by authorities. And I think we just got to the point of this happened and there was somebody there to actually recorded it. But if we didn't get that entire video, which by the way, did not lead to the direct like it took a while for the officers to be charged with second degree murder. It wasn't an instant thing. And that was with the video of the entire incident. So if that person was not there to record it and to get all this, Floyd could have just been somebody that he could have been a news blurb about how he had resisted arrest and the police had to use physical force and it got out of hand. Like that, that story could have been altered any way the police wanted to if we didn't have the video. And I think that's the scary thing to me is that we keep seeing these videos like this over and over again. And there's some kind of weird pushback of like with plenty of guys before Floyd of you see a video like this and you can you already know which side you know how you should feel about it. But for some reason there is an urge to try and discredit the person that lost their life because they had done something wrong just a little bit before. And maybe not even something grand, but like this wasn't the case with him either. He was a pretty good guy. And then 
I, I, it seems like there's just been a lot more emphasis on the outcry from the pain of pretty much black people in the country and everything that they don't acknowledge why some of these things are happening with the protesters that are taking their, you know, being offered to news like and everything. I think a lot, it's the same cycle of news over and over and over again. And I think right now the push we have and the, the movement that is happening right now, I think is people that are just finally tired of the same old situation of there's clear video of what went down. There will be there are people that always try and discredit the person that wrongfully died, and then it comes out that there's a police report, there's stuff we don't know, and then we have to believe that that person was just the worst person available before they had their life taken for them, and then we start it over. And then weeks later, it's another black person that was minding their business or just out doing whatever, gets pulled into a situation that they shouldn't be in like this, and then there's another discussion, and then it just kind of dissipates. And I hope... I guess what I'm saying is I hope this right now doesn't dissipate at all. I hope it keeps going because that's what leads to change. And from what I can see, there's been a ton of peaceful protesting. And it it feels like it's not just – it feels like there's a lot more people behind this sentiment than there has been in the past. Uh, and a lot more vocalization from parties that we wouldn't expect or think to hear – uh, you know, concerns about racism from, uh, and mainly, I mean, hockey players. I mean, we looking at our community. I mean, the hockey community came Luke came out with his story in November or, uh, December, Steve, I forget, but like he came out and laid out the story and some people came to his defense, but then that story was gone by new year's. And then, you know, we have to listen to those stories. We have to look at what happened and get into how we can make those things better and change the community, the hockey community and just the country overall. So I, I think for me, it's even though I just, I'm going to wrap up like a 10 minute rant right now. Um, for me as a white guy that does a hockey podcast, I know what I saw last week is not right. I know that it happens often. And I know that, there's not decades long, you know, fairy tales or made up stories from black people to try and make us think that, you know, this is all made up. They're real fucking stories we're seeing unfold in front of us. And I, I don't know what I can do to help besides, I guess, shed light on it. So I, I guess what I want to do is just, I want, if you're black and you're listening to this, I want you to know that I value you. Um, and I hope that this leads to something. Uh, I hope there is actual tangible outcomes from everything that is going on right now. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I'll think of some other stuff to think along the way right here. But I, that was my main thing was I just want to listen and not really want the light on me for, I guess, this discussion or like try and come up with a statement that kind of gets attention through all this when the bigger issue is making sure that just incidents like this stop happening. There are ways to make sure that the, an incident like this never happens. And it's been happening. And I I think we have to figure out a way to take steps to make that change. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I, I mean, it's about being part of the solution, not the problem. 
and what can we do to help? Where can yeah. we fix things? What can we do better as a society? And even just looking at our little corner of the world, the hockey world, there are so many things we can do better in. And we've seen far too many examples of racism in the hockey world in the past few years. I mean, think about past to, year. I yeah, mean, like, I mean, this past year, the, two bombshell stories came out since uh, December. Yeah. No, I know, I know what you're going to reference here. Yeah. Bill Peters, Akeem Alou that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Hey, Akeem, I'm sick of you playing that N-word shit, which is just such an incredibly fucked up thing to say to someone. Yeah. And then the most recent example was the Keandre Miller uh, Zoom, where he was introduced to Rangers fans, and somebody went in and just decided, you know what? It's going to post the N-word all over this chat. Yeah. Yeah. Just disgusting. What a disgusting piece of garbage. And look, it might not have been a hockey fan, but it doesn't matter. It's something hockey related. And this poor guy who just wants to come on and introduce himself to his new fans and, you know, just have a, a friendly conversation has to be subjected to that bullshit. And it's disgusting. It's behavior that should never happen. Yeah. And it's we even think I always think back to a few years ago when Wayne Simmons was playing in a preseason game and somebody threw a goddamn banana on the ice. Somebody threw a banana at him. And then the the thing... It's just, what the fuck? And this is just, there is a perception that goes about with hockey because hockey is an incredibly white sport, a very white sport. And there is a perception that it could be a racist sport. And it's not easy for the few black players that do play in the league. It is definitely not easy. And I I feel for those guys and I want to support those guys as much as possible because it's just... It is not nearly as diverse of a sport as it should be. And I would like to see more diversity in the sport. And I think we're seeing a lot more than we used to see, for sure. I but it's so still, there. it's not where it needs to be. It, there's so many more steps we need to take. There's just, but we're, we're making progress, but let's, let's go further. What can we do better? Let's do it better. Let's get more people involved. Let's be more diverse as a sport. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I think... To me, uh, one way to kind of help make hockey more inclusive are uh, organizations like S9 Youth Hockey um, that gives equipment and things that are usually too expensive to some families in need. Uh, they give them the opportunity to be in the community and play with other kids their age and start playing a sport and start you know, training for something, getting in, into something and start helping the community. I think that... Uh, institution like that is big and kind of helping to advance the game um and i mean going back to your point steve of like they do great work with snyder i I just wanted to to really you know emphasize that and we did an event with them the flyers alumni a few months back or about a year ago at this point right yeah yeah, yeah. something like that anyway it was last year we did this event and just seeing these kids get to meet these these flyers legends and play with them on the ice and see how much they enjoyed the sport and that Snyder was able to to get them into it and get them to learn about hockey and able to play hockey was such a great feeling, and I was so just happy to be involved with that. And, you know, we also... Willie O'Ree was there, who's the first black NHL player. It was an honor to meet him. Yeah, he was... Yeah. We got to meet him, and that was fantastic. That was... It's really important to... Number one, that he got to come out and meet these kids and... um, given that a lot of the kids in the program are black kids that weren't going to play hockey otherwise is really yeah. important. And they get to meet this guy who was a pioneer. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. And I think we need more of that. And again, like I said, like I, I want to do things like contribute or try 
I, I want to go out and try and do something like that now and get involved more with that. It's not with hockey. I'm like, oh, I need to look and stuff like that. Um, and I, I, if you're kind of in the spot, I guess we are of not really being sure the best way to help out right now. Um, for me, I, a couple of things, I was looking at campaign zero and was talking about campaign zero. I did some research on them, been doing a lot of work, uh, looking for a way to end police violence in America I have, through community out oversight and representation. So I feel like that's, um, I was looking at, it's uh, D. Ray McKesson, who's been doing a lot of work over the last couple of years in this area. Um, look at them, possibly donate to them, and also possibly donate to uh, Black Girl Hockey Club, who's been a Twitter favorite for a while now. Um, so, I mean, those are, if you want to help out, those are people you can help out right now. And that's as far as hockey. Continue to help so out. You can uh, also well, Campaign donate. Zero is, well, Campaign Zero is for everybody. Black Girl Hockey oh, okay, Club okay. is, uh, yeah, hockey. Um, but and Campaign then, you know, Zero is just overall, uh, just please perform and also helping protesters if they need to, yeah, whatever. So. Yeah, there, there's always Black Lives Matter as well, and yeah, yeah. ACLU is always a good cause in these situations. And there, the Philadelphia Bail Fund, there are a ton of organizations. Bail that, Fund. There are a ton of organizations that that need your help right now with this issue and with this fight. It's an important fight for for everybody. These are your rights. These are the rights of every American. And it's so great to see the the world coming in and helping out with this as well. Uh, we're seeing protests in New Zealand, Paris, yeah. uh, many other countries. It's it's great to see that support out there, and it really does feel like you know most of the world is in on this cause right now. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's I was it, gonna... it's something else. It, it feels like historic times, and it's yeah, it's stunning. I was gonna I was gonna string together a couple more. Uh a couple more thoughts here. So I think, I, I mean, the big thing is uh, listening, I think. So, and I'm looking at uh, Colin Kaepernick for this because he tried to peacefully protest a couple years ago simply by kneeling uh, during football games. It got misconstrued as uh, disrespecting troops. And apparently that message is still being heard loud by uh, Drew Brees and some other players, apparently. But all we had to do was pretty much just listen to him. Just had to listen, and maybe, you know, Colin Kaepernick and other black people had points, and maybe we should have looked deeper into the problem. And a situation like Floyd or Ahmed Arbery um, or Breonna Taylor would have been avoided. And I'm sure I unfortunately messed up one of those names because you know I am with names. Um, but the thing... So hearing, I think, not just Colin Kaepernick, but I, I try to think of other black voices that I have tried to listen to in the past or have read their works, I guess, is a better way to phrase that. Um, and I think right now, I went back and I read some of these pieces now, and they still, they're relative to the second. And these are works written back in the 30s, 40s, like way back. Um, and the two writers, I would suggest some people that... Um, kind of feel out of the loop in this situation or feel like they want to truly understand the, the struggle of black people in this country. Uh, Langston Hughes, who was a black poet from the early 20th century, and also James Baldwin, who was a writer during the mid-20th century. So, not, like, you know, founder century ago now. Um, and for Hughes, Let America Be America Again, I feel like is a pretty... I, I, I think it's still... is a, 
illustrates everything that's going on right now. And that was written, I mean, years ago. Uh, so let America be America again and theme for English be for Langston Hughes. And then one of my favorite stories uh, ever is James Ballman, uh, Sunday's Blues. Uh, that's, um, I remember reading that in college. And uh, I, before, I mean, like, I really, and these were two names too, by the way, Hughes and Baldwin, if we want to talk about trying to better educate yourself on the black community and everything. Those are names I didn't hear until I went to college. I didn't know about these two writers when I was in high school. So I would say go and look at these, some of their work to kind of understand the pain and the struggle of being black in America. And then just try and educate yourself because I mean, well, if you want to do want to talk about Drew's statement real quick, because Drew mentioned the idea of being from a small town and not really being, not really looking at the full scope of things, I guess. Well, we, we can talk about that, but I, I just wanted to piggyback. I think that's great. You're recommending you know, authors to check out. I, I kind of wanted to piggyback on that myself. And okay. Yeah, yeah. I tend to, I read a good amount, but I, I tend to be more of a, you know, kind of visual medium person for the most part, visual and audio. Yeah. And uh, just, these are probably real basic right here and this might be a dusty moment but i mean if you're looking for for better understanding uh, of these situations and and how a lot of these racist you know how racism works if you're not somebody who can see that perspective uh i just have to recommend the films of spike lee and jordan peele like those are i think two great sources for for really understanding i mean i sat down i watched malcolm x earlier today I love I think Get Out is one of the most eye-opening films as far as showing how how subtle racism works and these like microaggressions and things that I think people might not realize that are coming a- across as racist but actually yeah. are. Yeah, and I, I think that's the thing is just not I think there are a lot of people battling with the idea of they know or they think deep down that they're not racist at all but i don't think they understand that they're doing the, the those little things or that the way they're phrasing things the way they're setting up situations the way they react to things it's all it all plays into it to an extent yeah no that's yeah that's a good point yeah um but Jeru's statement was i think an eye-opener there's been a ton of nhlers that have stepped up and made statements i feel like the flyers yeah. have started gaining some speed on this getting some momentum in recent days and and speaking up more uh yeah. but i have Jeru's statement up here Uh, He says, over the past few days, I've remained relatively quiet regarding the murder of George Floyd. Although silent, I was listening and I was truly learning. And although I will never be able to really understand what so many of you go through every day, I want you all to know that I am here, I see you, and I stand with you. My family stands with you. I will try to understand better. I will hold others accountable and I will speak up. I will work hard to further educate myself and encourage others to do the same. Growing up in a small town, I was never truly educated on diversity. It was only when I came to Philadelphia that I realized life is so much bigger than I thought it was. I deeply love Philadelphia, but I see white privilege firsthand every day. I see that clearly now. I didn't understand before, but I do now. But I can be better, and I want to be better. To become a true ally and to properly teach my son. To stand up for what is right. To not just send a tweet, but to be part of the solution. You have my word. G. Yeah. And I feel like that's a pretty good statement. And I want to say too that like I feel like that's a good statement because it it's try it's implying that he's going to work on the change too. He's going to work on trying to make change and he's here to support 
you know, the, the black community that needs it. Uh, my thing with all these statements is I really don't care that much because it feels a little bit like I'm worried about the cycle of everybody, every team and every player is going to come out and make a statement. And then when the team is actually back and everybody's in their hub cities, the season about to start, like this is going to be a, already an issue in the, in hindsight. It's already going to be in the rearview mirror. That's the only thing I'm worried, really worried about that. But I'm still happy he came out and said something at all. I feel like that's a good sign. And I feel like... Uh, because he doesn't have to. I mean, it's honestly the safer play to not say anything and hope people forget later. And, as opposed to, say, Drew Brees, who came out and did an interview in which he, he acknowledged that he still thinks that Colin Kaepernick's uh, kneeling during the National Anthem protest was disrespectful to the flag, and he will never support that. And that just... That couldn't have come out at a worse time. That was I think a terrible, that was with yeah. Yahoo Sports. He said that, and it just blew up immediately. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins uh, was released by the Eagles this year, and is going oh. back to the Saints, and did not give a shit that he was going back to the Saints. He hopped right on and blew Breeze out of the water with yeah, his rebuttal. No, he like he just could not believe. Told what him he to heard. shut the fuck up. He told him to shut the fuck up. I mean, a lot of yeah. I I am kind of interested sports wise to see what happens with that Bruce that Bruce situation because that uh I know Michael Thomas was tweeting about it uh it, and Ed Reed responded Ed Reed's not on the Saints now obviously but yeah no that was um I, I mean that's the thing it's just that was just Bree's not somehow through all this just not really listening to what the issue is or seeing what the issue is or trying to understand I guess but um yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, who else? But it can blow about? up on you. Is the thing. It, it, yeah, it, it can, can, can. major blow up on you. And yeah, I, I'm just glad people are coming out and, and making statements. I think it's a great statement by Giroux. I know Kevin Hayes had a good statement, and we're seeing uh, like yeah. who is uh, Taves, who's Taves, yeah, Taves. Had a good one. Um, and then Tyler Sagan. I know. I think he had a statement, and then I I think he was in Dallas today at the protest. So, uh, yeah, like there are, yeah, players, players are going out and getting involved. And I think that that's the positive sign is, even though I just said the whole thing about, I don't really care about statements and everything. This was a thing that like, not everybody came out with a statement for Akeem Alou or like, you know, when just other, you know, terrible things happen in the community like this, I guess teams and players didn't always tweet about it. So to see this happen for one incident across all it's, it's nice. I just hope that it's not something that was just pressured into, I guess. I hope it was something that was a sincere feeling and not, I've got to, do, you know, we've got to do this. Right. You don't want it to be disingenuous at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think of, uh, yeah, I already listed the, yeah, some of the, the places to go to donate if you want to help. Um, my big thing too is I, I know we can do more to to help the community as well. So one of the things I wanted to throw out there is if you are a person of color who listens to the show, if you are a black hockey fan, we'd, we'd love to hear and you want to share your experiences. Like I'm not pressured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if yeah. you want to share your experiences, send us a, a message, a DM or something on Twitter and let's let's hear about it i want to know what your experiences are what your your difficulties what you love about the game what is difficult for you all of that 
let's talk. Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's figure it out. That's what I want to hear. And if you do have yeah. anything that you want to share, it's Flyperbole on Twitter and it's Sports or Bad. Yes, yeah, uh, at Sports underscore R underscore Bad. And also, I kind of I want to make it a point that it, if you pass it along to us at any point in time, I would like to try and read it on the pro now that's kind of, this is also coming from me who i haven't checked my dm in like two weeks so i'm sure there's people waiting in the dms right now but i will actively be better on that and also if you do feel comfortable sharing that story with us let us know and we will discuss it not just next week or i'm, I'm not saying not just next week we can do it whenever i kind of i wouldn't be against this conversation so yeah but yeah, we want to hear from you. We want to know what those experiences are and we all want to do better. We want to be better people. And yeah, I mean, racism fucking sucks, right? At the end of the day, yeah, it's, I, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's abysmal. It's... it's sad as a society that we're still dealing with all this shit. But again, all we can do is is try and get better and and solve these things. I'm, I'm proud of these protesters. I'm proud of what has been accomplished. Let's keep going. Let's keep getting better as society fuck racism fuck fascism the the I, again yeah, the i we don't get political off it but if there's ever a time it's today this is the week to do it yeah. this is the week to do it and the the response by the united states government and local governments the the fascist treatment that has been given to united states citizens and protesters has been just a complete disgrace it is this is this is tyranny. This is not what this country is built on. And we should not have to deal with this. We should not have to stand by this. We should not have to abide this bullshit. And fascism. Fuck fascism. This is this is horrible. They they yeah. need they all need to do better and I hope they all sleep poorly at night, although I know they're not because they're on a big bed of money and ugh, just disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I mean that is the other discussion. It's just in general, like I I don't even know what to say about the last week in terms of, um, yeah, just Trump's reaction and the looting and shooting tweet and, um, just everything involved with the photo op for the, uh, with the Bible. Um, just tear gassing declaring the street. Your, yeah. Tear gassing your own citizens, firing rubber bullets at them just to clear a path to, to make a photo op. It is just, and then yeah. hiding in a bunker, shutting the lights off to the white house and then coming out and calling all the governors cowards the next day. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. what a I, joke! What a complete I do. I I'm laughing because, like, yeah, that's the most that's that's his mo. That that's like the thing he does, yeah. But I, uh, I don't know. He, I mean, my. Uh, we're gonna talk about politics right now. I'm looking for a leader that unites and not divides. Um, and that was my thing back in 2016. And I'm not look. I didn't think his presidency was going to go swimmingly. I thought it could get bad. I didn't think it would be this. So I I don't even know what to say anymore. Like, uh, And there are still some people that are like hardcore defending the use of, uh, I guess, like police pretty much just roughing up protesters and stuff. And uh, I... I don't get it. It's fascinating. I like mean, all the people that like, go out about, yeah. and mess up med tents, like medical tents that are set uh, up yeah. to help people that the scene in Asheville of police stabbing water bottles, like an enemy combatant was just absurd. Like what kind of world is this? Yeah. Are those water bottles out to hurt you? Yeah. Or, or, and then also just like 
cop cars running over protesters in Brooklyn. Uh, there's just there's the a lot going on. Getting hit with riot arrested? shields. Yeah, that or the yeah you know, the CNN reporter got arrested on a Friday. I forget I forget his name, uh, but I, yeah, got arrested on Friday for and there's video of them explaining who they were, and they still get arrested. So that's that's a completely different tangent of scary direction of America kind of thing. But um I, I just fighting the good fight, everybody. It's it's, it's tough. It's kind of fucking weak, yeah. Whatever like, uh, whatever we can do to help, like let's let's get out there and, and help in our own way. Yeah. I mean honestly, uh I through this I through quarantine I've been like you know, I've thrown in like, oh I'm bored out of my mind and all this stuff, but like uh, I'd go I'd rather go back to the really boring times than whatever the hell the last week and a half has been with just I mean, just some of the stuff I've seen out there is insane. But apparently... uh... That's the other thing, too. Like, don't forget, guys, there is still COVID-19 out there. And if you are going out there, make sure you're you're masking up, you're staying safe, you're... You know, I I saw there was a gentleman, I I unfortunately don't have his name, but there was somebody in Philadelphia handing out masks and gloves over the weekend at protests, and that was such a great thing. And most of the protesters are wearing masks properly. It's it's actually the cops and the officials that are coming out that don't have masks. And it's, uh, you you don't want to see continued, you know, upticks in the COVID numbers. So let's let's keep our PPE on while we're going out there and, I think everybody's been doing a really good job with that. Let's keep doing a great job with that. Yeah. No, no, that's a good point. And I feel like I do say that too whenever I do see, um, when I see a lot of these pictures or video protesters, most of them are wearing uh, the masks to protect themselves. And I think I could be completely making this up, but I thought the numbers started to go down a little bit with COVID-19. I thought that's why there was so much, uh, I, I mean, like the NBA set a date, uh, to come back and actually start playing games July 21st. And I think I they think... just rose today. Oh, okay. I, I think there were a ton of new cases today. And I, I, okay. Well, surprise, surprise, a bunch of people went to the beach for Memorial Day. Oh, uh, fucking, of course. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, okay, anyway, so we're going to, let's, apparently NHL is going into phase two on Monday, which is, uh, we've been in phase one since, the league was paused. Phase two, as we've been saying for a while, was uh, a couple of players get together into groups of six, and the training team training facilities would open up, and they could practice at those locations. Uh, the league had announced a couple hours ago, actually, before we got on that phase two will start on Monday. So then, phase two is uh, you know if you guys know about numbers out there, phase two leads into the phase three, which uh, was uh, the beginning of training camp. That's the normal training camp, which apparently they have to iron out some details on that. And that should be that would be at the earliest July 10th, and then Phase Four is the schedule beginning and everything. But uh, the big, the big things they decided over the last couple of days, or at least what I could gather, um, play-in series is best of five. The four actual quote-unquote playoff series are best of seven. So that 2014 format, the the play-in round is only going to be a best of five. So the Flyers are going to, if the Flyers were to theoretically win it this year, they would just have four best of seven series. Um, They were talking about last week whether or not they wanted to have the play-in be five and then the quarterfinals and the semifinals or the first and second round potentially both be a five-round series, but it looks like they're going uh, 28 games all around. So, um, and then also... So no asterisk. No asterisk, yeah. Uh, the f- um, 
And then um, seeding uh, is determined round by round matchups. Uh, this goes back to the uh, the one versus eight days, the one through uh, yeah one versus eight, two versus seven. So if the Flyers do win this one seed in this round robin tournament, um, they would then have home ice advantage throughout. It wouldn't be like it is set up now where the Flyers know they're going to play the winner of this one series no matter what. Like they could potentially face, like they could play six, um, 12, 11, 10, and nine, or 10, and then whatever the weakest team out of the, the West is. So, um, so let's go Canadians. Let's hope the Flyers win that tournament. Um, and then the Canadians win, and then the Flyers can take on a, a tired carry price because we've seen the difference between a, a rested and a tired. And um, it's, uh, it's probably a pretty big difference. It's going to be rough pulling off jokes this episode, you know? Go Habs, go. Yeah, go Habs, go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then phase three, like I said, the training camp, they still have to iron certain details out about that. And uh, they still have to look at the hub cities. Forgot to put the hub cities listed on here. Uh, but they were the same hub cities from last week. Uh, they didn't change any of the options. They didn't add more cities, and they didn't take any away. I think they're still looking at those 10 cities. Uh, and another big point that came out, which, Steve, I think um, I think you wanted to expand a little bit, too. Uh, the seven teams that are not in the 24-team format, uh, the Ducks, Sabres, Red Wings, Kings, Devils, Senators, and Sharks, could potentially take part in a minicamp uh, a few months out from now. Uh, Bettman dropped the possibility of the regular season opener possibly being the Winter Classic next season. He said it in passing. It wasn't an actual... That's like, actually a good idea. Concrete idea. What is this? And That's not, actually not, a good not, idea. Not the worst idea. And it would be, you know, give everybody enough time for everything. And also, I don't think as you're, you're going to start away the season, the short season. Yeah. As opposed to starting the season in the Czech Republic on like a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> or fucking the, the year the Hawks were in 2013, they started in late January. So uh, Winter Classic, you're... You're uh, speeding it up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, hopefully, the and this will mean the Flyers uh, will actually start the season in America. Maybe in Philly, even. That would be a wild. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so if you're looking at it logistically, they stop playing in the middle of March. The first game of their year would be possibly January 1st. They're looking at almost 10 months of not any kind of competitive hockey, which is kind of insane. And it has happened in the past where leagues have gone through large you know or a large string of months in a row without playing competitive hockey obviously the nhl has but everybody's been on equal footing with that so like the 2004-05 lockout all teams went through that and they came back they all had to deal with a large amount of time away from the ice but um like seven months for or i mean uh like nine and a half months for just uh, like a third of the, or fourth of the league is a little bit uh seems a little unfair especially the the worst teams in the league <laughs> like the teams that need don't need this in their way so I can see how that could be a problem, but um, I have a clear solution here. Yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. Look, you could put these teams in a mini camp, right? These the the losers, right? The the uh, the terrible seven yeah, or right. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the shitty seven. The sleazy seven. Okay, there you go. You got it. Shitty seven. Yeah. You could put the shitty seven in a mini camp, or or you could have the galaxy brain idea, and have all these guys play in a tournament for the first overall draft pick. Which uh, again, I am I am here. I could be losing for Lafreniere. There you, you go. Get like a toilet bowl trophy to hold up at the end. <laughs> There's just like a plunger. Like you know, you want to work on the the shitty part of the NHL schedule. You really you went all out to make sure you were the dead last team. So who uh, will win the golden plunger and the first overall draft pick? <laughs> and the first and the presumed first overall draft pick hands them the plunger. 
<laughs> yeah, so, so so what I want to see is just a long elongated hockey tournament in like fucking mid September where Lafreniere just gives uh, Dylan Larkin like a plunger and he's just like, All right, see you in a couple months, bud. I'll see you soon. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm hoping happens. But I do like I mean because I was telling you, and I forget, I forget the name of it, but uh, Town Goes Brown always throws out that playoff. Instead of doing a draft lottery, he throws out, I think it's called the like the gold point system. I forget what it is. But pretty much the idea is once a team is eliminated from playoff contention, every point they earn for the standings from there, from there on in goes towards getting the first, first overall pick. So in theory, the Red Wings got fucking eliminated in like, early november it was they got eliminated i think a month before the month pause like before the pause so like i think they're out in middle february so from early to mid february to april they could have just been adding points to make sure they get the first first overall pick and then you keep going like that so then teams aren't just icing the shittiest team imaginable there's some kind of competitive value and then the game towards the ends the end of the year where like the flyers need to win a game and they need like the Penguins to lose. One of those teams isn't playing the Red Wings in April. There's some kind of competitive balance, but uh, there's still issues with that. But I just want to see it because they've been kicking around ideas like that for a while, or having like a losers tournament, like you just said. And I feel like this is a free chance to just try it. This is just something for them to just go out there and give it a shot. And then if people are actually drawn to it and are paying attention to like the crappier teams in the league during the postseason, maybe they can make that into something, too. Maybe. I don't know. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah, let's get nuts. Yeah, let's do this. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that is the gist of the big... Also, I think I, I do want to point out that a friend of the show, Steve Outlaw, uh, brought to our attention, even though it was tweeted out by the Pence account, that uh, a penguin has come out uh, tested positive for uh, COVID-19. So, again... Season isn't even uh, back at it yet, but NHL player already has it again. I'm sure he'll be in quarantine. He'll be, he's not going to be around anybody until the games get going again, but this is going to be a... It's not Crosby, right? Because I, I imagine if it was Crosby, it'd be a big deal throughout Canada. Yeah. I, I think the thing with the NHL is none of the names of the players have actually been leaked. I know the NBA, like, I, I don't know who has inside sources there. I guess Woj, but like... Uh, they were actually able to go out and figure out that some guys on teams had them, but I'm pretty sure the guys that came out on the Senators and the Apps and now this Penguins player, I don't think anybody actually figured out who it was. Um, but uh, yeah, let's assume it's Crosby because this works into the argument I've been trying to make here of like you get these camps going, you get the train camp back up, get the Penguins in the throw of like a first round series against the Canadians, uh, lose a second game at home, one one series going to Canada, boom, Crosby has coronavirus. You gonna try and squeak them into a lineup there? Or are you gonna take them out? Well, I have a great solution. Why don't we just not have the Penguins play in this tournament? Like, just eliminate the Penguins now, and no worries. Yeah, no, I agree. This is a slow clap. This is the best idea I think I've ever heard on this podcast. That's why I'm getting behind that. Yeah, that's just move them to Kansas City and never hear from them again. <laughs> that's all. I really wish like Batman. I just want to see one league commissioner do that where they just blatantly want to make sure like one team doesn't win. Like Bevan's at a press conference. He's like, yeah, in the first round, uh, we're going to have the Penguins play in the uh, Habs and the uh, Habs are going to win in six because of the official. Uh, and then this series, we're going to just like talk about all the ways that the Penguins shouldn't be in the playoffs. I think we're getting pretty close. Penguins are pretty annoying. I think if there was one team, 
Or if it was to happen, I think Goodell would have done it to the Patriots, right? Started the Patriots. Oh no, so he loves the good. Patriots. Come on. Yeah, yeah, that is fair. Yeah, he's probably a. Uh... You think he's a Bucks fan now, or you think he's uh, he's staying true to the past? You think he's riding with Belichick, or you think he thinks uh, Brady was one? It's a tough choice, you know. It's a tough choice. I don't even know how he got. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I think the NBA return the, to action too was a big uh, was a big push for the uh, the NHL to come out and announce that their second phase was starting on uh, on Monday. And uh, again, NBA... you, we got we got a plan, guys. We definitely have a plan. We're <laughs> yeah. the NHL. We matter. And I th- and I think. Uh, like again, the NBA, they're gonna have a little less. Uh, they're gonna have some. It's a little bit easier, I think, because I think it's easier to keep up with uh, NBA courts and NHL rinks. Uh, so I think they only really need one facility. But it looks like Orlando is good to go, so they might be able to uh, get it up and done and finish and everything. Um, and I, I think this is a big. This is the big point for the league, and I think I said that a couple of weeks ago. But like, if you do these mini practices and you're getting guys. You come back with like four or five positive tests after one, like a, a couple of days of league-wide practicing. I think there's there's a big issue because I don't know how you expand those teams and then make it actual hockey where there's going to be a lot more physicality and a lot more, you know, guys on top of each other in the board or in front of the net and stuff. So uh, you know, as usual, it's going to get interesting uh, with all this coronavirus update stuff with the league. But uh, it sounds like. They're actually making some progress towards uh, getting the teams back on the ice. So we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, and then last but not least were just some updates on the Flyers prospects we talked about last week. Uh, so where we stand right now, uh, Linus Hogberg has signed with the Flyers. David Bernhardt is no longer with the organization and Kalyanuk, why well, Kalyanuk is, uh, we're still waiting on his decision, although I lean towards he might walk. Um, but going back to Hoberg real quick, Hoberg to your ELC, 850 K a year. Uh, as we said before, 21 year old, uh, left-hand defense and reduced 14 go- uh, points, five of which were goals in 50 games for the Lakers HC last year in the SHL is fourth full season in the SHL. Uh, Colin, friend of the show, at Colin X Corley, uh, said we should call him the mountain because, according to Bill Meltzer, uh, Hogberg later translates to high mountain in English. So, uh, or Hogberg leads, uh, literally translates to a high mountain in English. So, uh, he was saying that the mountain should be a Hogberg's nickname. Hmm. But can you gouge anybody's eyes out and make their head explode? Fair question. I don't, we'll have to ask him when he comes over here. We'll uh, have to grab him. You can't be called the like, mountain unless you can like take your bare hands and make somebody's head be like the it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's fair. And I thought this would open up discussion for uh, possible nicknames. Uh, I was thinking the mountain. Obviously, the hog is right there. And honestly, to me, the hog is, I mean. The hog. The hog. Oh, man. Okay, so we got the mountain, the hog. Uh, and then I also put down blanket boy because of peanuts. Uh, but that's, uh, I mean, that's that might be on last. That might just be for me. Although I will say, the Swedish tank I thought would just be for me too. So maybe the people will uh, appreciate uh, Blanket Boy. We'll see. We'll see. It's all it's all in due time. But uh, Bernhardt, yeah, Bernhardt was a 22-year-old left-hand defenseman, taken 199th overall in 2016, seventh round. Uh, he had played in the SHL for years, and then this year um, just had a real bad start and ended up. Finishing the season, I also played with the Lakers. Ended up finishing the season in the Liga with Saipa. Uh, so, and they 
I would say they are a tier below the SHL in terms of uh, skill. SHL is Sweden, Liga is Finland. Um, but he was somebody that, uh, I, like I was saying last week, I, I think he's a guy that takes offensive chances, but he doesn't produce and he doesn't cover his own end defensively. So I think that was a big issue. And also Hextall's guy, you know, playing over in Europe, so maybe not as much uh, game film or scouting as the Fletcher and his crew of new guys wanted. I think that probably didn't help me either. Um, but uh, I think the big one right now is Kalanuk. Uh, they still waiting on a decision, which I believe could be anywhere from two weeks to a uh, week to three weeks now. But when we recorded, uh, he was on the Big Ten all all t- all Big Ten team a couple weeks ago was announced. And at that point in time, we had said that uh, he announced he was going to decide whether or not he was going to return for a senior year or go to college uh, within the next month. And then last week it came out that uh, he informed Wisconsin he wasn't going to return for his senior year, which concerns me just because it means he's going pro, but he's not signed with the Flyers. And there is a weird rule with uh, NCAA players if you're drafted when you're 20. That team only has your right for two seasons, and then you can opt to not return, opt to go pro and get out of that team's uh, rights. So this is the phase now where Kalina could be phasing out his rights with the Flyers to become an unrestricted free agent, uh, which would suck because he looked to be like a pretty successful seventh-round gamble by uh, by Hextall. But the, the Flyers' pipeline is pretty is pretty full. Um, and again, they did add Hogberg, and uh, I think Bernhardt was a not a lot of skill, but also part, partly numbers game, uh, numbers game there too. Uh, guys, we got good a... problems to have as far as the yeah. pipeline being so full. Oh yeah, no, I, I'll take this problem over uh, like wrecking uh, Zach Ronaldo in the top twenty five hundred twenty five because <laughs> there were literally no other players. Yeah, so I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> pro- the next prospects we got to worry about uh, in terms of losing rights uh, on June first, twenty twenty one. All of Ali Lexil, Mason Millman, Igor Sergiuk, and Roddy Ross uh, will have uh, will become free agents. Lexil says, six "Roddy, round- Roddy Ross." <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Bill lost that name too. <laughs> uh, Lexil, six round pick in 2017, 20-year-old twenty year old for that twenty one points. In 51 games with Linkoping HC in the SHL this season. Uh, Millman, left-hand defenseman, taken in the fourth round of 2019. 44 points in 58 games with Sagnall Sphere in the OHL after 25 points in 66 games last season. So, eight less games, uh, almost 20 more points, 11 more goals. Uh, and my thing with Millman when they drafted him was they didn't really tout how much of a shutdown defenseman he was or his defensive capabilities. They pretty much talked about his offensive instincts and the point production didn't really match that. Uh, but it looks like that has taken off and uh, he looks to be fine now. Serdyuk, I liked a lot last year, 19 year old Russian right winger taking the sixth round 2019. Uh, Cause he had 25 goals. I think he led QMJHL rookies in scoring 25 goals in 63 games, but he dropped to 16 goals in 50 games this year. Uh, had 40 points overall with the Victoriaville Tigers uh, in the QMJHL. And then also Ray Roos, uh, goalie taken in the sixth round of 2019. Increased his game totals from 25 to 49 this season uh, for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL. But his save percentage dropped from 919 to 908. Goaltending prospects again. I am not going to pretend like I have any. I uh, got my finger on the pulse of which way they're going to go terms of being successful or not so we'll see what happens with the uh, roofs and uh go from there get Kelly Nux, uh, original 
uh, expiration date was going to not expiration date, rights expiring date was going to be uh, August 15th, uh, 2021. But since he's uh, apparently decided to go up for all the flyers have less than a month now. So there you go. That is the uh, news with the prospects. I can't even think about 2021. Like it's, it's literally uh, I don't hard think to it's think gonna about. Happen. Yeah. You don't think it's going to happen? I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, I forgot. Boy. Like I, so I thought about the Super Bowl today. Like I saw a, some kind of clip of like Mahomes making a play in the Super Bowl. And I'm like, that was this fucking year. That was like, that was this year. That was a little over four months ago. <laughs> it was like four months ago. That feels like it's a decade like... ago. I've lost years off my life. Yeah, it's insane. Like, I... I saw somebody on like Instagram or something post something about uh, the price the Chiefs had to pay to win the Super Bowl. And it's like, oh yeah, the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl. And it was only a few months ago. <laughs> yeah, that whole Andy Reid not winning in Philadelphia thing happened. Like, yeah, a handful of weeks ago is when that happened. So that's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's all fucking... It's all crazy. Yeah, so I don't know if uh, any of these players' contracts are going to matter in 2021 because who even knows if there's going to be hockey or, or you know, uh, I guess Planet Earth. We'll find out. But until then, let's go, let's go around the league real quick and uh, remember uh, where a bunch of random dudes are playing. So uh, first up front, uh, Duck signed 30-year-old left-hand defenseman Cody Curran to a two-year ELC. He had 49 points in 48 games last year with Rogel BK in the SHL. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, will have an AHL team in their general area next season, starting in 2020-21 with the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, winger Arthur Kaliev has signed his ELC with the Kings, taking 33rd overall in 2019, 98 points in 57 OHL games this year with the Hamilton Bulldogs. Uh, former goalie Yoni Orchio uh, will play for Bears, Nur Sultan in the KHL in 2020-21, last played in the NHL in 2015-16. Uh, Sharks winger Lucas Radil will play for the KHL's Spartak Moscow next season. He had 11 points in 50 games over the last two seasons with the Sharks. Uh, D-man Sean Day was placed on unconditional waivers by the Rangers and is now a free agent. He was taken 81st overall uh, in the third round of the 2016 NHL entry draft. The thing about him and why this story is a little sad is because he's one of seven players to ever receive the uh, exceptional status in the CHL. Uh, pretty much just means that players that are trying to join the OHL, QMJHL, or WHL are granted one year, uh, I guess, inclusion before nor They're allowed to start playing the leagues when they're 15 instead of 16. Uh, and other players have been uh, Connor McDavid, Aaron Ekblad, John Tavares, Joe Valeno, uh, Shane Wright, and then Connor Bedard, who was just accepted earlier this year. Uh, and Shane, uh, Sean Day is one of those guys. He was supposed to be a pretty solid defenseman, and now he, I think he was demoted from the AHL to the UCHL this year, and then now he's a free agent. So, kind of a setup. Sunday, man. Oh! <laughs> uh, former Canuck Maple Leaf Penguin uh, D-man Frank Corrado will play for Moto Hockey in the Alsvenskin next season. Uh, Ten assists in 36 games for the Billville Senators this season in the AHL. Uh, the Ottawa's AHL assistant, obviously. Uh, right-hand defenseman Chris Wadman will play for the Drupido Nishni Navgarad in the KHL next season spent 2019-20 putting up 31 points in 51 games with the San Diego Goals and I'm Ducks AHL team. Former Predator Oiler Islander Rancher Taylor Beck will play for Metalurg Magnetogarsk in the KHL in 2021. Former Florida or uh, former That's Panther. the best you could have done there, and I'm you know. <laughs> well, well done. It's good. I mean, the names aren't getting easier. Yuho Lemak. 
Lemico? Uh, he played a handful of games with the Panthers last season, uh, joining Metalurg Magnitogarsk in the KHL for the 2020-21 season. Uh, and then according to TSN 1040, Nikita Nestrov is leaving S. SCKA Jesus in the KHL and is linked to uh, the Kings. So, so many year old. letters. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm running out of my mind. Seaska. Pick it up. 27 year old left hand defenseman. Had 23 points in 53 games with uh, Moscow this season. Last played in the NHL with the Lightning Canadians back in 2016 17. Two more here, folks. Uh, former Av. Canuck, uh, born on Reguluck, has been let go by Adler Mannheim in the DEL. Had uh, 27 goals in 50 games in the DEL. Played for Vancouver in 2016-17. Played a game back then. And then former Jet Eric Odell will play for Sabir Novosibirsk in the KHL in the 2020-21 season. This is called I Checked Elite Prospects to make sure uh, if there were any NHLers uh, switching teams or former NHLers switching teams, and uh, it paid off big time for the around the league section. So you guys are welcome for that. And um, that uh, that wraps it up, Steve. Um, but that wraps it up. And yeah. I know it was a lot to take in on this episode, but it's all important stuff that we we felt really needed to be said. Yeah. And I look, I know there's not you know not everybody shares our viewpoints and. Uh, some people are probably going to be unhappy with, you know, some of the stuff we said. But, look, it's important stuff to talk about. It's important stuff to say. And fuck racism and fascism. And if you don't agree with those statements, uh, I don't I know what to feel, tell you. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like those are two pretty, uh, feel like two pretty easy statements to get behind. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, all I want to say is I, I, I guess my... I think the big issue now is listening. So if you were going to get upset about the discussion we had at the beginning of the podcast, just try and listen and understand, uh, I guess, where this pain and all the anger right now, not anger, but like the reaction in the streets is coming from, um, you know, with the protesting and everything. So I would say go check out those, the authors I mentioned and just, just try and stay, just try and stay up to date with everything that's going on. Cause there's a lot of stuff that, so a lot of stuff that it feels like they don't want you to find out about on your own. So uh, just be alert. And, be alert. Uh, stay informed. Stay safe. Yeah. So that's that's all I'll say about it. So. Yep. All right, gang. Well, that's all we got. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to be writing. I, I, don't I, worry about it, man. Yeah, I think about it all week. So I'll... I'll think of something for uh, when I, I I'll think of something soon. We'll, we'll yeah, take I'll it get... week by week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it is next week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but for your hockey purposes, please make it Flyperbole and follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Uh, just wanted to give a shout out to our cohorts over on BSH Radio for doing a great job discussing. All the same stuff we discussed at the beginning of the episode. Not the same stuff, but you know what I mean. The, the similar issues. So, um, great job by all the gang, and uh, just, uh, just proud of everybody. So, all right, that's all we got. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please do whatever you can to make this world a better place. And you know, I, I just can't state enough. Fuck racism and fascism. Black Lives Matter, and. Thank you for your support and good night and good hockey.